0: Hola,
1: belters, dusters, earthers, to another amazing AfterBuzz TV after show of your favorite show, The Expanse. And I'm Sean Overman, and you guys can find me at SeanAustinO on Twitter and Instagram. And I'm joined here by my awesome and lovely co-host, as usual.
2: Hey guys, I'm Maria Cavasudo. You can find me on Twitter at MGCVSST. Sorry for the voice; it's crapping out.
1: And we have a very special guest in studio. He plays Alex on The Expanse. How you? How you doing? It's Kaz and Barr.
3: <laughs> What's the good word, y'all?
1: <laughs> and we're loving it. We're, you just your accent on the show is is phenomenal. I love like his dialect, his his vocabulary, haas.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I had I had a little help with that. I have a I have a few very close friends of mine who are uh, of Texas descent, so uh, we uh, we work on making it not. Uh, not too overt and blatant and yee-haw, but uh, <laughs> a little more natural subdued so uh, I'm glad I'm glad you approve
1: yeah it's really good it's it's, great. it's it's subtle but it's like it has that touch where it's like that sounds like Western talk right exactly. there, right? Yeah. Like it's I, from the Old West. I
3: think it's, it's supposed to
2: be one of like the kind of um, accents that's from the region where technically your character's from, right? It's something that you pick up. That's right. That they've picked up.
3: Well, the Mar- the Martians in this world of The Expanse, um, the creators, uh, basically James S.A. Corey, who is collectively uh, Ty Frank and Daniel Abram, um, they tried to figure out who, who would the Martians be? Who would be the people that ended up on Mars? Who are those people who take that one-way ticket the very first time before it was colonized give up their lives on Earth never going to see another sunrise never going to have an atmosphere around them what kind of people would do that and basically go to Mars to die and they decided the people that in our world are kind of doing this blazing the paths are the Asians the East Indians Pakistanis and the Texans those are the people who pioneered (laughs) and carved out niches and created new worlds wherever they go they create an environment that obviously the Texans were the pioneers in the in the west of the United States. They they basically braved this new world and carved it out and created something uh, which was the United States, especially in the west. So Mars is a collective uh, kind of uh, conglomeration of those those uh, cultures. And Alex is from the Mount Mariner Valley, which is that giant rift, oh. and um, those that's where the Texans settled. Oh. And so he's a mixture. Uh, he's a mutt kind of of uh, of that particular. Mix of uh, ethnicities, Texas being a big part of it. Yeah,
1: super cool. I'm, I'm so, I'm down with this. They mentioned Mariner <laughs> Valley in uh, the the two episodes tonight mm-hmm. a couple of times. So uh, we're gonna be talking about the Big Empty and remember the camp. We're gonna talk about the Big Empty first. We don't have that much time, so we're kind of gonna let's like it. pack a lot in here. Let's do it. But let's talk about. Uh, you Alex piloting through the, the debris field oh, of God. the cant
3: wow <laughs> right yeah that so, was that was that was a scary uh moment for i mean even shooting it on on set they uh i, I mean i don't know if you remember all the sparks that were flying and all that yeah. that was all real that was all they have these special effect things where they've got these people with grinders and steel and you're basically doing the scenes and you're seeing these walls of sparks just splattering all around you and you know the cameras are shaking everything's going and the director's yelling boom crash lurch and things like that and uh, yeah so that was a scary moment because basically our ship got nuked Yeah, and uh, obviously there's going to be some consequences to that in terms of the debris that is hurled outwards at incredible velocity and our poor little ship the night which is already a leaky lifeboat. Oh, uh It's starting, like a shuttlecraft. Basically, well, it's a it's a 200-year-old shuttlecraft <laughs> with uh, spare parts and leaky pipes and uh, it is not equipped to handle, you know, supersonic pieces of shrapnel. Uh, flying at it,
2: definitely not, and that's something that we we learn at some point because they have to they had to go out of the ship to fix it as well. The antenna's just kind of like broken. There's mm-hmm. just, I mean, it almost felt like they weren't going to make it.
3: Yeah, it's it was it was, scary. it was pretty tense. Yeah, the I, air- oh, go ahead. I kind of felt I wasn't going to make it in that <laughs> too. <suit. laughs> yeah, so did we. Ooh. So did we. We were like.
1: We were rooting for Alex, man. Uh,
3: those suits, man.
1: <laughs> those Ooh. suits. Tell us about the suits. The pure clean well, suits.
3: The pure and clean well, the pure and clean suits are great. It's the um the space suits. The those are those are legit, man. Those are those are like impermeable uh polyurethane. The helmets weigh about fifteen, twenty pounds. And uh you can't really hear much and in order to get air in there they have air air circulators on the back of our, our backpacks so no. you re- not only
1: did Alex have a problem with breathing but you had a problem had a with problem. breathing
3: I had a particularly big problem breathing because I had to puke in uh, that yes. scene <laughs> that was and, very graphic. Uh, the, the, the puke that they decided to give me was soup of the day uh, from catering which happened to have a lot of garlic in it Ooh. yummy so, that sounds so great <laughs> the very first time <laughs> I did it they put too much in my mouth and it hit the, the visor And it rebounded back at my face. And so the whole visor and my face, (laughs) everywhere blinded. Wow. And uh, I had to have that in my beard the whole kind of eight hour day. It wasn't, uh, wasn't a pleasant experience.
2: Oh, Oh, that's awesome. It's a different kind of day, really, than what you'd expect.
1: (laughs) So wait, so you just Mm -hmm. did one take with the puke. No, the first,
3: the first take we overdid the puke. Yeah. And so, um, they couldn't see my face because it was like literally covering the entire visor. So we had to do it about three or four times and each time we had to take less and less Mm. so that it would show but not block my entire yeah. face so you could see me die,
1: basically. Yeah. Right. And it would, make, it would make sense, too, because it's been several hours that you guys have been surviving out there. It's like, you wouldn't have that full of a stomach,
3: right? Exactly.
2: (laughs) I'm glad you know the specifics of of vomit
3: (laughs) over here. (laughs) Yeah, no, he's, he's got the the space vomit (laughs) down. He he
2: doesn't, he does
1: So the hypoxia is going on and then we have shed being, you know, an awesome guy. Not at first though. He
3: steps up. Yeah. He stepped up. He steps up, pull, pulls it out at the last second. We all have to step up. That's the beauty about this ship. Once we lose our friends, man, we all have to do 150% or we die. Yeah. Like every single one of us has to perform in a way and realize our potential in a way that we have never had to do before holden naomi myself shed and amos every single one of us is put to the challenge and if we don't deliver we all die it's pretty exciting.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's super exciting. And like most most other shows and movies, when there's like a huge explosion from a gigantic ship, you don't really get to see the aftermath. Which is any survivors out there got to deal with the debris. Mm-hmm. So you navigate through that really well. Yeah,
3: that was pretty. That was pretty scary.
1: Like you say, yeah, really scary, but still good. You know, <clears throat> like and then there's the airlock. Um, it's a mess. Like mm-hmm. you guys have to vent to get out and repair the the radio. So mm-hmm. you know while that's going on, you get the hypoxia going on. You start exactly. sharing the oxygen. It's like
3: every- single thing that could possibly go wrong. I was,
2: I was like waiting for them to to what's it called when they do the, the compression of the, the decompressing? Decompression so oh that they yeah. can, have, they can the, actually the, breathe normally. Yeah. You were <sighs> holding, like,
3: holding your breath? You were holding your breath for oh. us? Thanks darling. Yes. <laughs> and shed don't was, waste the air.
1: <laughs> shed was almost going <laughs> to die sacrificing his oxygen yeah, look at for that. you.
3: The guy who was like the, the chicken little of the bunch is actually the hero. Yeah, that was a beautiful the, moment. I like that.
2: I don't think anybody expects very much of him and he really stepped yeah, up. It was nice to see. Up.
3: That's why I give him that big hug at the end and call him a crazy son of a bitch. <laughs> it's great he, he did stay. He stayed my life.
2: It's yeah. great.
1: So then we have um, they, they realize that the the radio is working now, but there's not <clears> enough, <throat> enough bandwidth, or that They don't have enough
3: juice. There's not well, enough there's juice. There's no not enough power to broadcast a powerful enough signal.
1: Exactly. Yeah. So then they they end up amplifying the signal mm-hmm. with everything they have in there. They just
3: if it we can cannibalize the whole <laughs> ship. Oh, cannibalize yeah. it yeah. Yeah.
1: exactly. It was all Absolutely.
2: Naomi, you know, putting that together, right? Yeah, she's
3: huh? brilliant. That, Super smart. Yeah, she's a brilliant belter.
1: Yeah, and um, and they end up using also that one signal broadcaster that they found on the Scopuli. Yeah, am I right?
3: Yeah, they they, they they cannibalize that as well.
1: Yeah, and she and that's where we get a big clue as the audience. We get we realize as as well as them uh, that that is not a pirated thing. No. That it's MCRN technology. Yeah.
3: It's Martian Navy, right? Yeah. right. Martian um, congressional republic navy. navy, republic yeah. navy. What? Yeah, that's high tech. That's yeah. that's really that's the, the top shelf shit.
1: Yeah, so yeah. there's so much going on. We get we get so many like nuggets of information throughout that episode, and it's leading us to think, oh, it's got to be Mars that's yeah. causing this war that yeah. wants yeah. to that wants this to happen.
3: Um, that's pissing me off. <laughs>
1: yes, <laughs> because you're a Martian. Right.
3: They would never do that. That's yeah. pissing me off. That's why me and Holden almost get into it when he's like. He's, like, saying, why wouldn't they? Because they can. And it's like, dude, you don't know what you're talking about.
2: Yeah, Yeah, he doesn't. He's an earther. He doesn't.
1: Yeah, yeah. So uh, he ends up uh, having an idea. Uh, Holden broadcasts a message that he hopes will go viral. Mm -hmm. Which is a huge
2: risk, too, I mean.
1: huge risk because then the Martian ship, Donager, is probably going to hear it. Mm -hmm. Right? And and then... uh, Alex says, oh, it's, it was in jamming range. Yeah, we know. got
3: jammers on that ship, man. Yes. The Mars, Martians and the Mars Navy, we have the the best tech of the solar system. We are, the, we are like the elite of elite when it comes to tech. So, yeah. And obviously, Alex worked for them, so he knows all of that. But that's what makes Holden great. Holden is always making these decisions impulsively, compulsively. He is a hothead, but he's got some kind of like innate instinct about things. Because if he hadn't made that broadcast, uh, things would have ended very differently. Oh, yeah. Yeah,
1: Yeah. and now because of that, it's crazy because we get to see later on in episode three that that we 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 get like even more information thrown at us like we have more people like on earth leaking information to others the mars ambassador you know mm-hmm. we're going to talk about that more later so sneaky yeah but the mars ambassador uh fi- fi- you know he leaks information and then mars like does stuff that they're not supposed to do mm-hmm. but it also proves that they weren't the ones who attacked the Scopulae. Mm-hmm. They weren't the ones who attacked the Cant. Yeah. So it's it's crazy stuff. Don't
3: you love how smart Abbasarala is?
1: Oh, yeah. Oh,
2: she she is. is so... And she's such a manipulator, too. Brilliant. So brilliant.
3: It is, it's amazing. She's like a master puppet master. She's like, great. And that's that's one of her best friends, too, that Mars ambassador. Yes.
2: You know, that's what really DeGroff, got me. Yeah, I think Frank, was Frank DeGroff. Um, she totally threw him under the bus. Yeah. But for her... Earth, that's Kenneth
3: was, Welch, by the way, one of the best actors in Canada. He's yeah. our he's our Laurence Olivier. <laughs> yeah. Kenneth Welch. He's, he's one of my idols. Yeah.
2: I I, I really, I felt for him, mm-hmm. because he kind of lost everything. And even though they had been friends forever, you know, and she was just willing to kind of Backstab him, really.
3: Earth must come first.
2: Earth must come first, and that's her thing. Yeah. That's her prerogative.
3: Mm-hmm. Make it survive. Thousands mm-hmm. of
1: years before Mars yeah. in in yeah. human years.
3: Yeah, right? and, and she's feeling the threat because anyone who's – any colony that has ever existed in the history of humanity has always gotten big for its britches and wanted to rebel, has wanted to revolt, has wanted independence, and there's always a cost uh, or pretty much always a cost. Um, Canada is kind of one of those countries that kind of got its independence without shedding blood. Uh, and there's a few others, but you guys uh, are so nice in Canada. We're nice. <laughs> we're nice. But, uh, for the most part, colonies get resentful and they get bitter and they get, uh, hostile towards their parent. And she knows, she knows history. So she's waiting for it and she's going to protect her, her blue, her blue marble.
2: Yeah, whatever it takes.
1: Yeah. yeah uh, speaking of uh, of Vasarala. Mm-hmm. is am I saying that right? Avasarala. Yeah. Avasarala, Okay. <clears throat> so speaking of her, we get to see her actually. Um, we we actually get a, a back backhand, you know, from the undersecretary towards her. Is that mm-hmm. is that who it is? The undersecretary. Yeah. yeah. So he gives her a little slap on the wrist, mm-hmm. and he's like, "Hey, you can't be using that a kind of hook interrogation mm-hmm. on an OPA terrorist yeah, no, suspect.
3: She's, she's 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 probably someone who would have voted for Guantanamo."
1: Yes. yes, so hey.
3: it's like whatever it takes, man. <laughs> yeah, she has whatever. no no uh, boundaries. She has no. Uh, she has no.
2: So
1: fierce.
3: Walls. I mean, yeah. she's just fierce. She'll do whatever it takes.
1: A- anything it takes to keep Earth safe. And that's um, her strength and her weakness. Exactly. And I wonder
2: it, when we'll see that as a weakness, though, because so far I feel like it's really been a strength and worked in her favor. Yeah. At some point I feel like it's going to crack.
3: Something's going to
1: give. Something's yeah. going to yeah. give. That's so funny that you say crack because she was eating something, and I don't know if you know the behind-the-scenes mm-hmm. stuff or even like the little nuggets that <clears> I haven't <throat> really mentioned yet, but Avasarala, she eats pistachios. That's right. And I Did saw, you notice that? Yeah, I noticed that. a little thing. Yeah, I was like what is that? What's that pouch? And I was looking through the, the behind the scenes stuff mm-hmm. and apparently she eats pistachios and it's her last vice. Yeah. So other than that yeah. she has no vices, which is yeah. like
3: She doesn't what? drink, doesn't smoke. Actually yeah. no, she she drinks. She drinks wine. She, drinks. She drinks. Wow. she yeah. drinks she drinks like a sailor actually. She, oh yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, she does drink. <laughs> And she curses.
1: Which I wonder why that's such a vice. Like, why are pistachios so bad? It's like too high fat content for the future. What's going
3: (laughs) on? That's a good question. question. Why is it a vice? Yeah, Yeah. I don't know. See,
1: we think they're good for us, but 200 years in the future, what's Earth going to think, right? I
3: think it might be her indulgence. It might be her indulgence. Because when you're in space, I mean, Earth has things, but when you're in space, I don't know if you noticed this, but there's no wood in space. Mm -mm. Like, I, I was actually on set in the second episode I don't know if you know noticed I was chewing on a toothpick when mm. I was flying the night and I said you know what uh, props can can I get a toothpick because uh, I kind of just feel like because we're not it's not crazy now everything's relaxed I want to kind of be chill and I think Alex flies with a toothpick he listens to music Yeah. he flies yeah. with a toothpick and the props guy comes up and he goes I, I can't and I'm like why not he goes because there's no wood in space <laughs> it's, a, it's like a rare commodity yeah. and I'm like Nabbit! can I have something he goes, <laughs> give me something. Go, he, goes he goes hold on a second he goes back and he finds these plastic toothpicks Ooh. that okay. were real like they're really plastic for, for cleaning your teeth mm-hmm. and he goes I can give you a plastic one I said give it to me Take it. So I'm, chewing, okay, on take a, it. I'm chewing on a plastic <laughs> toothpick during that scene before uh, all hell breaks loose.
1: Yeah, oh, that's you know. great. Uh, but that's
3: how, that's, I mean, that's how real it is in, in this show is. Attention we don't, to detail. We don't have artificial yeah. gravity, we don't have faster than light travel, and when we do travel, we're going so frickin' fast that, um, under normal circumstances, you will die. From the G forces that are, are being put on your body. Your brain will stroke out, your lungs will collapse, you'll crack ribs, your heart will explode, you'll, you'll pass out, you'll vomit. Um, so we had to invent this cocktail called juice. So
2: it's the
1: thing that, uh, yeah. that yeah. goes into your neck when, right. yeah, when you prepare for the turn and burn. It's
3: steroids, adrenaline, endorphins, blood thinners, all sorts of chemicals that they put into you to keep you awake and alive during a high G burn and wow. that's like that's that's literally what you would have to do something of that nature in order to travel at those speeds without dying
1: now we know what the cocktail is
3: that's yeah, in know. there. Yeah, don't, don't tell anyone because we're trying to patent
2: it. <laughs> but I, I like it, though, that I feel like it does seem real, even though there's obviously a lot of things that have not even been invented and seem kind of far-fetched, but it's still very believable and yeah. it's very tangible, so I love that about the
3: they show. They were really yeah. hard on that. The the creators, Ty and Daniel, as well as Narain, our showrunner, and, and the rest of the... And every member, of, head of a department, they're all focused on, like, can we do this? Would this be really how it would work? Is that how it would work? And even the spacesuits that you see us in um, are based on prototypes that NASA is developing. There were some photos we saw of the real spacesuits, and they're skin tight, and they're um, all sorts of tubing and things like that, wrapping around, but it really looked like the uh, the spacesuits that we ended up wearing, So as opposed to those huge, big moon suits <laughs> that moon you then. see from the old days, right? Yeah. Yeah. So- more
1: pure, modern. Pure and clean has got it then.
3: <laughs> pure and clean is on the ball.
1: <laughs> so let's talk about uh, Miller really quickly. Uh, so he's still in search for Julie in episode two. Mm-hmm. And he gets access with such cool technology, by the way. I love the technology in the show. Yeah. His his little mini tablet. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm going to call him now, not iPhones. <laughs> yeah. His mm-hmm. mini tablet can access anybody's quarters because
3: right. he's a police officer. Because he's a police yeah. officer.
1: He's with uh, Security Helix. Star, Star Helix. Helix. Star he
3: Helix. He has yes. override um, override protocols. Yeah. Not everyone could do that.
1: That's right. And not only that, but he can also imitate people's voices. That was killer. Right. Yeah. Super yeah. awesome. And he yeah. gets access to everything in her place. He plays back her messages. He sees her father. He, gets, he sees a hanging uh, G-suit, which says Razorback on it. So that's mm-hmm. probably the name of the ship. Right. He can't find it instead he finds the scoppy lie he talks to the attendant over at the docking bay mm-hmm. right and um and then from there he finds out that she's a tough cookie yeah right
3: yeah he he, he she she can throw down
1: yeah, yeah. she can throw yeah. down which makes me don't think don't mess with julie no, no which makes me think like she's not dead yet she has to be alive still. She's detained by somebody. This guy, this guy we don't notices
3: know. He notices everything. He's like a little shark. You're like a, you are a detective. That's good. That's oh, good. thanks, Cass. No, it's good. There's a lot of details in the show. Yeah. and you're, you're catching a lot of them.
1: Tons of details. Um, fast forwarding a little bit. Uh, Question we, for you. Here's, oh, the test. Here's the a test. Here's a test. Because a
3: lot of people talk about this. The sparrow. What do you What do you got to say about the sparrow?
1: It's in Logi
3: on the go. planet. Now this is it. Yeah. There there a lot of people is. going. That's not how a bird flies. What's That's it going on? Yeah. Because they're inside series. They're in an asteroid, which yeah. is spin gravity. Exactly. And so it's low G, and it's not the same as Earth. So no. it's uh, it's a much different uh, sort of environment for yeah. a bird to fly in. But Even all the humans kids, are already,
2: like, used to it? They're used to it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and they're extending more because there's less gravity, so they're getting longer bones. They're mm-hmm. growing taller. Mm-hmm. Right? And their
3: muscles are not quite as well formed, so they're weaker, which is why they had the torture on yeah, Earth. Yeah, well, gravity It's right. basically just gravity torture.
2: Yeah, exactly. That must you be know. really painful. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, the ki- the kids though They they had a huge ball That, that had the sparrow And mm-hmm. it, I was like Okay this has got to be Like an ultra heavy ball You're so like that- Are
2: they working their muscles Or yeah. what are they doing <laughs>
1: Yeah To work their muscles out exactly. more Right Because they don't get to do that Very often A little tidbit, another behind-the-scenes thing that I saw on uh, the Sci-Fi app was when uh, Miller's doing that investigation with the pipes, right? And they're Mm. trying to find out where the water's going. Right. Uh, They actually were not moving an elevator. They are just moving the wall behind
3: them. That's right, yeah. Super cool. Yeah, (laughs) they were standing still, and this wall was a curtain of piping Ah. that was on a cyclical kind of uh, arc. And so they would just go, and they would shake the 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 platform that they're on, so it would look like it's starting and stopping, and that's how they made this long descent because they just had an endless supply of piping right, curtain.
1: Right, right.
2: So. You guys, you're spoiling all the stuff for me. Hey, I just man. believe it so well. After show,
3: yes, after show. <laughs> Did you notice <clears throat> what's known as the Coriolis effect? When they uh poured poured the liquid inside. Yes.
1: Space. I saw that. When no, he like. was pouring it, yes.
3: It's all real science. This yeah. is this is one thing that Ty and Daniel were like adamant about trying to make sure everything was real. When you're inside a spinning ball, um, gravity doesn't work the exact same way mm-hmm. as uh there's a there's a kind of a a, uh, like, they call it a Coriolis effect. That's they, the
1: thing with flushing the toilet, right?
3: Kind of, yeah. Kind of. Yeah, yeah, it is, it is related to that. And, and you notice it, it it pulls on you differently, but you really notice it when you're pouring liquids. And so and, they, they tried to get a couple of those shots into the show. It, which was it really like cool. It goes
2: like this into it's, the thing. It goes
3: slightly sideways. It goes like, yeah. yeah so you, I didn't think... you're pouring a
1: bottle, you was, got to put your cup a little bit sideways. Yeah. yeah, I didn't think it was Coriolis effect. I was thinking... Or
3: maybe that's, maybe it's not the right word, but well, I think it was, Oh,
1: it no, no, but, but I was thinking is, smart liquid.
3: Smart liquid. Two hundred
1: years in the future, oh, we got smart. We got smart liquids now. You know, you can just pour it from like a foot away. Yeah, he's got a smart glass too. Just goes right in there. Um, But we get to see him deal with the gutter thugs, Miller, Mm -hmm. and again, we get to see him bust some balls, and then he softens up and he lets them go. He's like, "Whatever you punks, you know, like you're not worth it. I know you guys are just trying to get by. I'm not going to deal with you."
3: Well, he's just been. He's just been you know, he's been harassed a couple of times by that, that uh, protesting belter, you know, yes. that who calls him uh, Well well, Well, voila, well yeah. Traitor to your people. Yeah. So he's been thinking a lot about that and, you know, even the Havelock challenging him, you know, taking the bribe on the, uh, the air filter guy mm-hmm. and then he has to deal with those kids that were almost suffocated yeah, because of changed. the air filters and he's feeling... So he's been dealing with a lot of emotional mm-hmm. stuff up to that point. Um, so that might have something to do with okay. careful what? the Coriolis effect, yeah, effect doesn't work here we're going to get the water. <laughs> electrocuted
1: <laughs> uh, let's jump into episode three we, we're, you know, we're running short on time we want to talk about it. it but you know what um, let's we're just going to go through everything that we can so Holden they, they get him and his crew and you Alex we we get you uh, you guys get captured by the Mars Congressional
3: Republican Navy by the flagship of the Mars Navy, the, the Doniger. Doniger, a badass ship.
1: Yeah, it that's looks. Cool. Ship. They that have is, the that's most.
3: the Titanic uh, <laughs> of, of space. Of
1: space. <laughs> you guys have on that ship. The Martians have the most high tech equipment. Tasers are awesome. Mm-hmm. The the suits are amazing. Mm-hmm. They just touch it. It, it. it looks like the suit is just a blank canvas, but then when they touch it, it's like they know where to touch. Yeah, and it's the radio or whatever. Yeah, it's it's
3: all. Right? It's all Smart fabric, yeah, which Smart is all based on real science that all exists uh, in kind of like very high tech military environments, not for
2: retail, but for no. very high no, You can't get
3: it not at Best Buy yet, <laughs> not yet. but in next year, maybe.
1: But the drones, <laughs> drones are everywhere, though. Mm-hmm. We got yeah. those all over series, and we got drones now flying exactly. all over the place. Yeah. You can
3: get those for you can get those for Christmas if yeah. you want. Yeah,
1: you can get
2: them for hundred bucks. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Those are for sure there.
1: But yeah. the coolest technology, I think, is the hyper psychic pills that the oh, one Martian yeah, yeah, yeah. guy was taking.
3: Yeah, that's that's Greg. That's the um, uh, that's Lopez is Lopez. the character's name. We had oh, a good wow. we had a good time with our little uh, Hispanic white guy yet, <laughs> yeah. uh, we used to make fun of him calling him Lopez but uh, that was his name and he was the lead Martian in the uh, in the military side of it obviously the 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 woman i can't remember her name the captain um, Grimes no not Grimes, Grimes. the the uh, Korean woman who was the captain of the ship oh, oh okay um, totally didn't get
1: her name they just referred <laughs> she, to her as
3: captain she was captain. the captain yeah. and then um, Lopez is the uh, the guy who took the drug.
1: Right. Um, is he, like, the second in command? Yeah, he's the
3: second in command. Uh, he's a brilliant actor, too. Greg, Greg Brick, a wonderful actor. He's also in Bitten, uh, oh, that, that yeah. werewolf movie. He's, Another sci-fi. He's a terrific think, yeah. Canadian actor out of Toronto.
2: He actually reminds me of, in Chronicles of Riddick, one of the rec- necromongers, just the way he looks. He's very, oh, yeah? like, pale mm-hmm. and very... Maybe I he is. Maybe. Maybe. Because they shot that in Canada. I mean, just saying uh-huh. there's a little crossover. No <laughs> <laughs> very far-fetched so,
1: yeah. you know there's a lot of crossover i know it's like so many uh canadian actors that were in hemlock grove are also in this show as well like there's this one guy who's on uh star helix security and he was one of the main antagonists in season two of hemlock grove well
3: yeah they shot that in the same studio oh there yeah, you go we, we were passing the hemlock people all the time that's so funny <laughs> hey
2: guys yeah. we need someone over here you haven't one of these,
3: Just <laughs> hey toss us toss, us, toss us one us of your vampires guys, or please. whatever <laughs> That's great. Yeah, but, yeah, that drug is um, is a human lie detector drug is what it um, is. Is It, it, it augments um, all of the person's senses so that he can spot, you know, pulse points and sweat points and he can smell, he can hear variations. Yeah, his every single, every single one of his senses gets heightened and he becomes a human lie detector. Okay.
1: That's super cool.
2: I don't know if oh we're going to be able to know anything about this, but when Naomi, like, she does, like, a sign with her hand.
3: Mm-hmm. Which you also see uh, Thomas Jane do. Okay, That's I was like, well. "What is that?" And yeah. you also see uh, the Belter protest protester do it.
2: Oh, yeah! he Every
1: time 20. he like gets down.
2: Okay, yeah, it's like it's like a something with the three or yeah. like a.
3: It's uh it's a it's a circle. It's a circle. Yeah. And basically it's the belter F U.
2: Oh, oh, so she's it. telling him F U as she's as he's like interrogating mm-hmm. her. And he oh, wants to see her hand. Naomi.
3: It's basically it's basically like if someone has their arms crossed and they say please uncross your arms and you come out like that. Yeah, uh, yeah. okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Basically what it is. <laughs> you
2: go girl. Just
3: saying. <laughs> oh, there you go. She's badass. Yeah, she's yeah. so
2: yeah. badass. So- it's just funny. <clears throat> I think her and Amos have like some sort of um
3: they got chemistry
2: they got chem right
3: they got history they got history mm-hmm. oh, right right just, yeah, there's lots of history because he's
2: about. got her back no matter what yeah. like he got you in a chokehold kind of thing going on and he's like don't like, worry there was this.
3: nothing boom yeah. he's just like you, you, you accuse my girl and you watch out what happens yeah. don't mess with Amos man
2: yeah and you
1: get He's taken strong
3: away. like bull, that guy.
2: <laughs> <laughs> strong like bull. He's strong like bull. <laughs> yeah,
3: he really is too. Wes Wes Chatham, man, he is he is a big b- guy. Rick yeah. muscle. He is so yeah. strong. So strong.
1: Yeah, he he looks like it. He looks and like he's, And
3: he's he's ex-military as well. Oh, he is. Yeah. Wow. He is. Well, he's, I think he's Navy actually.
1: When you came back on with that MCRN uniform, he was choking the hell out of you. Yeah, he was. Yeah. <laughs> he
3: was. Got to watch out for those biceps, too. His biceps were like massive.
2: You're right? like, "Bro, can you but, just like yeah. like not flex as much? I can't." <laughs> yeah, like,
3: bro. <laughs> bro, you're flexing into my windpipe. <laughs> bro, I was just he's
1: back. Bro. I was just suffocating last episode <laughs> and I'm suffocating again
0: <laughs> in your you arms. Give me a break. Exactly. Like, come on. <laughs>
3: He's a good guy. Though. Yeah. He's a great guy, though. Yeah. He's, he's a pussy cat. He's a teddy bear. But you know,
2: I just don't know what to think after all that happened. I'm mm-hmm. like, is Naomi opa or is Holden op? I'm like, what's going questions. on? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know if like Mars is trying to maybe like blackmail them against each other or what. But it's it's like there's a lot of stuff that I'm not getting hints, too many hints yet, that to know like what's going on. Uh, but it's crazy.
3: There definitely, yeah. there's definitely a lot of clues in the uh, in that episode when they were all because Mars was doing some seriously good um, strategic kind of uh, manipulation where the way they they separated them and interrogated them one at a time, super and, smart, and then popped little doubts in everybody's head and then throws them all together so that, they rip each what other it is. up. That's that's, what that's, what it that's is. classic military kind of uh, de- intelligence uh, mm-hmm. protocol. You're yeah, is right. the split doubt, them up, the doubt, brief them put the doubt in and then put them back together again and see what they do. It's
2: great. But then at the same time the one thing they said about uh, shed turned out to be true, so that's also another tactic <laughs> that they used. I love Shed. which I thought was hilarious because it's <clears> like <throat> no no that's actually true. So then I'm thinking like wait, <clears throat> what else did they say that's true? Yeah. Maybe everything. I don't you know.
1: Yeah. So true. then Absolutely we, right. who can we trust though? We we could have Naomi being the OPA terrorist, which she is very very disciplined at the interrogation. The mm-hmm. only thing that gave away it was Holden was just her blinking, mm. and that guy with his polygraph pill—he's mm. able to detect
3: that. <laughs> that polygraph pill, I like that. We should call it. That's gonna, yeah, we polygraph pill. That's good.
1: Yeah, but um, we're we're kind of running out of time here. I want to talk about you some more. Sure, let's do it. Uh, so, uh, what attracted you to this project to work on the Expanse?
3: Oh man, you guys are watching it. You can see this was apparent on the very first pilot episode when I read the script. I was shooting Olympus, actually, in Vancouver when uh, this audition came. I, I have to uh, shamefully say I never heard of the books before, even though I'm a huge science fiction lover and a geek. I had not cracked open uh, one of James Corey's books yet. So when they sent it to me, it was just um, just three pages uh, of script and a, and a description of the character, Alex Kamal. He is a Mars-born fighter pilot of Pakistani descent with a Texas accent.
2: You're and, like, where do I and, sign up? And I'm like, sounds
3: good to me. And um, put it on tape, <clears throat> sent it out. Um, they loved what I did, so uh, I got the offer. I didn't even know at that point what scope I was getting into. I just knew I loved the script, I loved the pilot because that's all I was given, and I loved the character. I've never played a character like this. You know, it's a it's a heroic character. It's a protagonist. He gets to he be he be cool, and he's like the the fighter pilot. And his ethnicity has nothing to do with who he is. It's not about him being ethnic, and I, I've, I love that. I've been waiting for something to sink my teeth into like that. And then uh, we get to Toronto, and we've got, all of a sudden, three huge sound stages that are uh, dedicated to this show. Each world, the Belter World of Series is one sound stage called Jumbo. Mm-hmm. Uh, they built the entire inside of that space station. Um, and then we have the Rossi, which is another sound stage where all the spaceships are, and then we have Earth. And uh, so we have 80,000 square feet of uh, soundstage and five ships. And they're getting blown up one every week. We're blown <laughs> shit up. And, and so, people are dying, and, too. And it's, yeah, and it's like nobody is safe in this environment. And so when we all got there, we went, holy crap, this thing is way bigger than any of us ever expected it to be. We are on something huge. We are about to embark on a roller coaster ride, we were about to go down the rabbit hole, and nobody knows how deep this is going to go. And we were so excited; like we were all four of us, the my, my little crew, we were so psyched about it. So, um, yeah, and we're now just we're we the horse is out of the gate now, and we're just going for the ride.
1: And it's amazing. I think <laughs> it, I, I was. Uh, like people are comparing it to, and you mentioned this last time, Maria. Like Game of Thrones in space. Right. Yeah, yeah.
3: Let's it's, hope. Let's hope certain aspects of that aren't true. <laughs> like,
2: like the character killing.
1: Like the, the fact
3: to, that everybody's dead.
2: Everybody's dead, pretty much <laughs> by the end of that. Season. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but yeah, it's a very, it's a political show. Like it's yeah. politi- pol- uh, politics in space, kind of deal. Yeah. yeah,
3: it is. And I mean, and here, these are the things I'm, I'm so proud of this show. I mean, obviously it looks great. The, the special effects, Robert. Um,
2: oh, they're uh, amazing.
1: Our our, mm-hmm.
3: F, our, our special effects guy is. Brilliant. Brilliant.
1: Fantastic. Uh, Ma-
3: Robert Monroe, he's our, our special effects guy. He's done a miracle job. But our creative team is like, it's a dream team. I've never worked on a show le- with people like this. We've got, obviously, we've got Thomas Jane, Shorey Agda Oh, yes. The queen of cinema, you know, Oscar Monster. noms and Emmy Awards and all that beautiful stuff. We've got uh, Stephen Strait from uh, Magic City. We've got Wes Chatham from Hunger Games. We've got Dominic Tipper. We've got Florence Fever from um, Following. Uh, and our guest stars we've got Jonathan Banks and the the gentleman uh, Jared. Um, oh, I can't remember his name. The British actor who was in uh, Sherlock Holmes. He played Moriarty oh. with uh, with Robert Downey Jr. Oh, I and, can't remember his uh, name. Brilliant <laughs> actor. He's going to be coming up in the series. Oh, we've got guys. great, great, and Jay Hernandez playing. Uh, yep.
2: Oh, I, I don't know. I'm assuming he's dead. That broke my heart.
3: Wow. Was yeah. that not? Absolutely Crazy. brutal. Crazy.
2: I, I really Have you ever
3: seen see anything? I got. I knew it was coming, and that shocked me. <laughs> it
2: was so brutal, and yeah. I Holy don't want to believe it, but I know. No. It, was, it was. I'm so still cool. hoping he got staked.
3: He got staked, which is hydraulically. Yeah. yeah. It was like, it's like, it's, really bad. it's like a giant ever. nail gun.
1: And that's something yes. you would find in the series station because they're all pretty oh, much construction yeah. workers. They're yeah. all
3: construction workers. And then we go to our production team. We've got the writers of uh, Iron Man, Children of Men, mm-hmm. um, uh, Hawk Otsby and Mark Fergus. You've got our showrunner, Noreen Shankar from CSI, Farscape, Star Trek Next Generation. And then we've got the creators of The Expanse, uh, Ty and Daniel who are showrunners. They wrote episode seven, which is my big episode. And, uh, Ooh, we
1: know you're sticking around until
3: yeah. seven. Oh, damn. What yeah. did I say? What Thanks I for I the tease.
0: <laughs>
3: and, uh, but it's we like, we can't kill it's Alex like a, off yet. It's like a dozen people that are absolute, like top shelf creators. And so it's a dream team. And to be working with that. And then, and then you have sci-fi network who is basically, throwing their hat into the ring like they are taking such huge risks and they're delivering with the show like this show is a controversial uh, intellectual intelligent show with three kick-ass females none of whom oh, are, yeah. none of whom are white our three leads are not white. You know,
2: that's what I was going to say. In terms of like diversity, I think they're setting a standard, and I love it. And it's
3: and amazing. none of them really ha- are like revolving around a man. Like they're like oh, Abisara is, is is a shark in the tank. Super and Naomi independent. W- could
2: kick any of those she guys. Could kick but. anyone's ass. And <laughs> just Julie just Mao
3: is uh, is her own thing, right? Yeah. And, um, and she's without she's a survivor. Exactly. Exactly. So I, I'm just so proud of sci-fi for for the risk it's taking and for the the you know the, the non-traditional casting and just uh, really not whitewashing the show and just letting it be what it really is.
2: But I think it's so representative of what like our world is all is. You know, exactly. It's just we're so multicultural, <clears throat> and I think it's just so necessary to have those kind of shows on TV. So I love what they're doing, and I think it's paying off because it's amazing. Yeah. So congrats Thanks. to everyone that you just mentioned because it's really amazing.
3: That that feels good.
1: In space, no one cares about your ethnicity. They only care if you're a duster, earther, or belter. (laughs) Exactly. That's it.
3: Exactly. 200 years from now, we're all going to be caramel. Come on. (laughs) Let's let's face it. There's not going to be white people are going to be a minority in 200 years.
0: Everyone's going to be mixed.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man.
1: So uh, what projects have you got coming up you just did room Room, earlier this year
3: so exciting how uh, was
1: how was that tell us about that experience
3: i had two weeks off of expanse and um shooting in toronto and unknown to me on the same floor as the expanse in our production office was this little movie called room that was pre-production they were they're prepping for their show and they were watching me walk back and forth i'd stick my head in sometimes and i'd make fun of them and i'd tease them and just because we're all we're there for like six months or whatever and uh, my agent calls me up and says, hey, uh, did you know there's a movie called Room uh, Shooting there? And I said, yeah, why? And they got they're just offering you a role here because they've seen you and they need a role for a psychiatrist on it. And uh, I'm like, who's in it? And they said, Brie Larson, William H. Macy, and Joan Allen. I said, sign me up. Wow. I said, I, I, what, what's the movie? I said, I didn't even have to read the script. You put those names out in front of me and I'm I'm like, let's do it. Mm-hmm. And so I had like, you know, half a dozen days, um, right in a break in the middle of winter uh, in Toronto it was a It was a very humble very very uh intimate movie the director lenny abramson uh crafting this incredible work of art and uh nobody knew i didn't know we were making this incredible epic uh, you know earth moving movie which has just taken Hollywood and the world by storm. My parents saw it, and my, my parents are usually pretty critical of stuff uh, that I'm in, unfortunately. <laughs> and then my dad said, this is probably one of the best movies I've ever seen. Wow. And that was really like, wow. High praise from that the parentals. That means You know
2: you made it when your parents are giving you the praise <clears throat> of <yeah>. that sort.
3: <laughs> so huge uh, pride. I'm so privileged to be in the movie. I loved working with Bree and with Jacob the Kid, who I, I wouldn't be surprised if he gets nominated. Um, he did such a good job and William H. Macy and Joan Allen amazing people and Lenny Abramson he was just a master master creator uh, I think it's going to go all the way we'll see we'll see I'm excited they've yeah. already got nominated for Golden Globes and yeah, Sag, Awards SAG Awards and all Awards. that stuff So doing really well Yeah, I'm yeah. just happy to be part of it
1: yeah so what <clears> other <throat> projects have you got going on for us uh, I just
3: finished uh, an episode of this new series that hasn't hit the airs yet called uh, Criminal Minds Beyond Borders Ooh, Gary new Sinise's one. new show Oh. Uh, it's going to start in the new year uh, it's got a little edge to it. It's a little bit even darker, I think, than uh, the original Criminal Minds. And uh, I play a really cool Turkish uh, FBI agent in it. So Very I'm, neat. I'm, I'm Gary Sinise's old roommate. Oh, uh, from from the FBI uh, dorms. And so that, that's a that's a fun little thing going on. And. Uh, it's a couple of projects still still in the works right now that uh, haven't come to fruition, but that's what we're looking at right now. Oh, great! So,
1: are we looking for a second season of The Expanse? We're
3: uh, all I can say is they've already started writing season two. Yes. So, season two is being written. That's so amazing. hopefully we will have a big fat green light happening really soon. And I think it all depends on what's going on actually right this second as uh, the world is watching episode three uh, live. Uh, East Coast, West Coast. East Coast is just done. So West Coast is happening right
1: now. Yeah, you know what? That's fantastic because I, I love how there's those shows that start off with eight episodes, six episodes, whatever, you know, because they're kind of like testing the waters to mm-hmm. see how the fans are going to react to it, how the audience is going to react. And then after that, it's just boom, boom, boom. Season after season comes out. And yeah. I'm, I'm excited for well, you, Well, this Kaz. is
3: such an expensive show that um, it would be crazy to cancel it after season one. But, you know, crazier things have been done, yeah. um, like canceling Firefly. <laughs> uh, but, uh, but they have been writing since June. Uh, apparently season two is looking spectacular. No one's shared anything with me yet because they don't trust me. But, uh, uh but, uh, it has been being done and now we're waiting for, uh, we're waiting for these, sh- these episodes to hit the airwaves and for people to respond and let sci-fi know, like season two, we want you. Woo. Yes. Yeah.
1: I, I'm open.
2: We want season two.
1: <laughs> we
3: want to yes. hear it after Buzz TV. Yes. And we all of our fans.
1: Team. We want season two and season three and four of The Expanse. Thanks.
2: <laughs> it's like, so get busy. Keep writing. Okay.
1: Keep writing. <laughs> Maria, did you have any questions?
2: Um, no, I'm so excited to have you here and to get to chat with you because you just gave us so much wonderful insight on the show, a show there that both go. Sean and I are, like, obsessed about and oh, love. Oh, that's really sweet. So, I, thank you. I can't say thank you enough, honestly.
3: My pleasure.
1: I have a couple more questions before, uh, before we wrap up. Uh, what? Who did you enjoy working with the most on The Expanse?
3: The most? It's interesting because um, the way, I mean, there's three separate worlds, so... Uh, we had very little contact with Thomas Jane. He had his own world. Shore, Agda her own world. We didn't get any contact with her. Um, and so I'm, I'm working with my, my little crew there, uh, Wes and Dominique and Steven. So we became a family, the, the four of us and, and Shed for, for a period of time until unfortunate things happened. But, um, the, uh, the, the family that we created was kind of like something we would, uh, we would go out and have drinks, we'd go eat, we'd rehearse all together on a Sunday afternoon. Super fun. Really fun. Like we, that's where we did most of our great work was together on a Sunday. We would spend three or four hours together and we'd all bring snacks and drinks and just hammer through the script and talk and fight and argue and all stuff like that. I made really good friends with Shore. Uh, her and I bonded really well. Um, even though we didn't get the work together. But, and then I, we spent a few days with Thomas and he was a really interesting guy to work with. He's an incredibly creative and talented artist. Oh, he um, is. Um, yeah. very different than any of the rest of us. I he loved had his own his haircut process, too. And he's got a great haircut.
2: <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah.
3: As they say, a haircut only a mother can love.
2: Uh, it's out there.
1: <laughs> uh, what have you learned? from working on The Expanse so far? Like, what's, like, a lesson that you can take away from <clears> this <throat> show that you can blast out there?
3: Um, I mean, I le- just practically I learned a lot of science uh, that I didn't know before, um, just in terms of the, the, the practical kind of lesson, the moral lesson you get from this show is how, no matter how much things change, human beings remain the same. You go back 100 years, you go back 1,000 years, you go forward 300 years. We had, we've managed to solve all the problems of planet Earth. We've gotten rid of poverty. We've gotten rid of disease. We've advanced our tech and our medicine. People are living to 150 years old on Earth. They've got a uh, Shangri-La. They've got paradise on Earth. And yet, now we've progressed into the solar system, and we're still about to blow each other up.
2: Yeah, it's, it's always like, a fight for power. It's like,
3: come on, humanity, get it right for God's sake! Like, when are you going to learn? Stop pushing further than you can handle. And and I, I don't know, I don't know what the final answer is on that. I think that's what we're going to be exploring in the show: is why are we that way? Why do we constantly need more? Why is there always a more? Why is there always an us and a them? We got rid of racism. There's no racism in the show. There's planetism.
1: Yeah. Planetism. Yeah. I love it's, it.
3: it. It's yeah. what kind of gravity did you grow up on? What kind of atmosphere did you have? Did you grow up in a spacesuit? Did you have. A horizon. Do you have a sun over your head? Do you get to, like, those are the privileged people. And Did then the, you get
1: steroids growing up to increase your exactly. hormones? Yeah, hormones. Did you, exactly. Do you have a belter uh bionic arm or do you got a grown you got, arm? You got
3: the one from the, the Martian gel. Yeah, so yeah. that it's like no matter what problems we solve, we always create new things to create separation and classism. Yeah. That's something that I think is a very powerful message that's being said there. It's like, come on, humanity, grow up
1: super impactful. Yeah. That's that's a really good lesson to take away.
2: It just kind of goes to show how, like, humanity just has has been and might always be possibly just intolerant in some way, shape or form.
1: Maybe.
3: And maybe that's yeah. why we keep pushing and growing and advancing. Maybe that's what makes us so powerful, but it's, it, it's kind of harsh. We're yeah.
1: always competing. It's yeah. that, like, social Darwinism that we got going on within our species. Yeah. And how we have, like, that imagination, and then we see the real world, too, and so we're always, like, in conflict with those two things yeah.
3: like will it really weaken us if we don't have an us and a them like that's a good question to ask like will we be less as a species if we don't have an us and a them something to fight against you know i always felt if we ever got invaded by aliens if there was ever like a world kind of invasion at the whole world would unite and become brothers and sisters to fight off the aliens and that we would be incredibly strong and, and galvanized because that would become the new them And as soon as that alien force would leave, we'd split up and fraction and become, you know, fighting amongst ourselves again. We always have to have something to fight against.
1: Last question, Cass. What can you tease at us? About the coming up episodes. So episode four is already out there. We haven't seen it yet here on the show. Okay. Uh, have you? Really? No, I have not. Okay. It's in the
3: ether. Yeah,
0: okay. It's in the ether. <laughs> so,
1: but coming up episodes five through eight, cause that's all there is for this season. Mm-hmm. What can you tease at us? Mm-hmm. We don't want, we don't want mm-hmm. to get spoiled, but we what can explore, you, no? five to ten? Yeah. There's... Oh, five to ten. I'm sorry. Yeah, we have yeah. ten episodes. Oh, ten episodes. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. Even better. Even more. <laughs> yeah. So what can you tease at us? What's gonna, what's gonna happen potentially, um, Alex is obviously going to be around for a lot longer because he's so important, and
2: we know that episode seven is going to be huge for him, according to Alex right <laughs> here. Yeah. The
3: uh, the that's the James S. A. Corey episode. It's a lot of fun. Um, I will say this much: is that um, the three separate worlds uh, that exist in the the opening episodes slowly start to converge. Um, the three the three main storylines start to kind of get intertwined a little bit more. The mysteries and the uh, the the forces behind what's causing all this friction, and why this this seeming war is starting to happen, all these mysterious ships that are provoking things and you know making things look bad for everyone, that slowly will start to come to light. And uh, the characters are going to be going on an epic roller coaster ride. Um, Holden, Naomi, Amos, Alex, we all Shore's character, Ava Sarala and and Thomas Jane's character, we all go on these incredible journeys. Uh, because we are pushed to our limits um, to basically just to survive. So you're in for a, uh, an incredible ride. Wow. Kind of like one of those bulls in the saloons. You very,
2: saddle very saddle ranch. Very saddle ranch
3: Very saddle ranch. There you
1: go. Turn and burn, Haas. <laughs> <Hoss. laughs> Flip and burn, <laughs> brother. <Flip> and burn. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's do some <clears throat> quick predictions before we get out of here. Yes, yeah, I want to hear.
3: I want to hear you guys do some.
0: And <laughs> now... <laughs> your after buzz oh. tv
3: predictions.
2: with lights and everything very yeah. very
3: <laughs> i'm getting scared
1: okay maria go ahead
2: well you know i was kind of toying with this idea back and forth because the people on mars are confusing me so badly but i think i don't think naomi's going to be opa but i think holden might be i think that's that's yeah. what i'm predicting i'm probably so wrong but that's just what i feel like just because I feel like, yes, you get me, right? Yeah. Like, we were talking about this. You're like, you think Holden's OPA? And I was just like, yeah, I think Holden might be OPA. And I think we're going to see um, a Vassarala, like I said, crack. There's going to be something that's going to show her weakness because so far she's been very fierce, very strong. But it's either going to be something like family-related, obviously something Earth-related because that's what she's protecting. Um, but I think we're going to see some chinks in her armor very soon. And I, I don't know why Miller is so obsessed with finding Julie Mao. So I I don't know why that is, but I think we're going to find out soon because there has to be a reason. It can't just be money at this point.
1: No, no, he's not. He's not motivated by money anymore um, because he already got the bonus, Mm -hmm. right? And it's
2: not like an old lover or anything like that. I don't think like that doesn't make any sense, but there's got to be something there. I don't know what.
1: Yeah, he's just I feel like he's just sees it as like a puzzle that he wants to solve because everything else is just very trivial to him. Like he doesn't want to lock up. Uh, gutter thugs uh, water thieves he just wants to let them go Um, I feel like Holden could potentially be the the person who's inciting everything but who is the OPA guy behind him because he can't be the lead guy is that is that one belter that we had Miller talking to the main OPA guy I kind of feel like he could be I think he's
2: too too like weak for that really yeah I that don't w- see him I, in that role I, he already. was
1: very enigmatic he was like throwing a lot of things around so I think he he was avoiding a lot of the questions
2: mm-hmm. what about that um Anderson guy uh the guy oh, I, I don't remember his last name now but it's Anderson the one that he talks to he has a drink over he asks oh, him about that's, Julie mel that's Mal, what I'm talking about like,
1: yeah he's, isn't he a belter or is he... Anderson Daw, I think. Anderson, yeah. Anderson,
2: okay. No, is that yeah. who you meant? Yeah, that's, that's who I was talking else.
1: about. No, yeah. that's what I was talking Sorry, about. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. so I, think. I feel like he could be the OPA I thought you meant the leader. guy who
2: was yelling and, and inciting. Oh, that guy, um, like the that crowd guy. See that. No. No, 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 no. No, 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 If you mean who I mean, yes, Anderson.
1: Yeah, I feel like this dude... It, Anderson. Yeah. Okay, so I feel like he's the puppeteer behind everything. He's he's controlling everything. He's He's setting up all the pieces to fall where they may. And Holden, he... Why would he do that whole oh, we got shot by Mars, you know, the Donager, It shot, it destroyed the cant. Why would he do that? He's inciting something. Mm. Everybody was telling him to stop. So those
2: are the dominoes
0: that are falling It's just,
2: it's his insurance. I mean, technically, but it's not right, you know, because they weren't behind it. So it's kind of like he, that would have caused some serious, like maybe a war or whatnot, unless they clear it up. So, yeah, I don't understand why he would go through with it if everybody's, like, almost pointing, you know, Amos pointing a gun to his head, being like, just give me the word, you know, because, like, so that's interesting.
1: Yeah, nobody, not everybody, all of our protagonists in the different, like, areas, I guess, like, the people who are on the Martian ship now, they can't all be good. The Miller, he can't, he can't be the greatest guy, even though it looks like he's probably the best of the three, and then we got Christian Avarasala, Abbasarala sorry she is she is obviously like she's doing good from her perspective but she's not the best person either so I'm thinking Holden could do like a 180 on us like the audience
3: lots of shades of grey
2: ooh
1: yes (laughs) lots of shades of grey I also think
2: maybe Miller is gonna try and find out who killed Havelock
1: Oh, yeah. Because
2: I feel like... I don't know if he cares about it that much, but, I mean, it might it might be something.
1: You know what? I want to throw out a prediction about Havelock, too. I feel like Havelock could possibly live next time. <laughs> like, he... Even though he got staked to that wall, they have technology in the future, mm-hmm. They right? do. We had a guy get his arm cut off in space, and he survived for a little bit before the cat yeah. blew up.
2: <laughs> yeah. That's, that's it's right. It's true.
1: He didn't bleed out in space. He got saved somehow, so... He might
3: who, have to quit smoking. Yeah, mm-hmm. Both,
2: uh, mm-hmm. you might have to. Mm-hmm.
1: Do they smoke in space? I haven't seen anybody space I haven't in seen yet. any. I, the only vice I see is alcohol.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: That's it. That's yeah. That's Miller's favorite. They do this
3: little thing. Um, they they have scent oils. I don't know if you saw that. Yeah, that's indeed. Yeah, the the, what Shadid, yeah. The, the, captain. the captain. That's a thing because they're living in space stations and everything's recycled and. The, the air probably smells pretty foul, so they oh, have yeah. these little machines, these diffusers. They put special spiced oils uh, in there with different flavors, different scents. And I they, can only imagine what the Medina an, smells like. They create a, yeah, exactly, right. Ooh. They create an environment for themselves uh, that's in the books, actually. I think it's kind of cool. It's just so subtly hinted at in yeah. the uh, in in the TV show, but it's there. She
2: she does it like twice, and I was like, I wonder if it's in there. Yeah, uh, all the technology, so <laughs> cool. Like,
1: I know we're probably pretty wrapping. Much. We're probably wrapping up right now. I can kind of hear the music creeping up on us. Is it? Is it? Oh, no. yeah. I thought I heard it.
2: I'm, I'm.
3: I think you're having a little space happiness there. <laughs> yeah, you're a little gonna, space. You're gonna, not, like, space
1: not Clementine singing Space Madness. Hypoxia not Madness. Not Hypoxia, no. <laughs> well, uh, let's go ahead and wrap it up. Oh, where can we find everybody? Let's start with Maria.
2: Okay, guys. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at MGCBSST.
3: And uh, you can find me at Cass Anvar. Anywhere else is C A S A N V A R. Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, whatever you want.
1: Okay, very good, Cass. And you guys can find me at Sean Austin O. That's S E A N A U S T I N O on Twitter and Instagram. And be sure to check out my book, City of Angels and Discontent, on the Amazon. And I wanted to say thank you so much to Cass Anvar who plays Alex on the show The Expanse. My pleasure. We loved having you here. So much thank insight. Thank you so much. Yeah, so well, much great pleasure, great conversation, and we hope to have you back. You sometime guys are soon. awesome.
3: I can't believe how much you you know more about this show than I do. <laughs> you guys are so freaking perceptive. <laughs> And I love your predictions. Yeah. And you guys are so, like, enthusiastic. It's just exciting. Great. I love well, it. Thank, we'll
0: thank you so much. Guys. Thank you, because yeah. we
2: love the show.
0: So. My pleasure. Yep. <laughs> so. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network.